We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Well, good to see you today. And uh, if we haven't met, my name's Ben. I'm uh, one of the pastors here. It's good to have you here in church and uh, getting close to Christmas. And uh, thank you so much for your generosity today. And uh, it's one of my favourite things I get to do is drop uh, those gifts up to our Uniting Country SA up at Kadena. And they service the peninsula and beyond, and they're just so grateful. And they thank you so much. And, uh, and I, I get to do it Tuesday afternoon. And uh, it was going to be Tuesday morning, but I, I might be dressing up as the big red man for something, believe it or not. I said, when they asked me, they said, Ben, it's the last resort. I'm like, I don't fit the description, surely. And... Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, let's read something. Matthew 1. I don't have this one, Andrew. I'll read in a minute together. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that, and that really just sums up this whole kind of message and season is Emmanuel, God is with us. God came to us, Jesus is with us, and Jesus lived, died, rose again, sent the Holy Spirit, and God's with us today. And so if you take nothing else out, know that whatever you're going to go through in the next weeks, months, years, the good, bad, and the ugly, the highs and lows, the family you love, the family you put up with, and everyone else, God's with you. In harvest, seeding, rain, school, holidays, work, retiring, God's with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus is with us. And uh, I just love that. And uh, we're going to read and maybe look at maybe a lesser discussed passage at Christmas. But it's still in the story. There's just no shepherds or wise men or Mary or Joseph. And, but it's, it's, it's a prophecy of Zechariah. You know, a prophecy is, is a prediction of what will happen in the future. For instance, it was prophesied that Jesus uh, would be born in Bethlehem. And, and we read this prophecy of Zechariah. Who's Zechariah? Well, he was the dad of the other miracle pregnancy about the time of Jesus. And you read it in the book of Luke. And Zechariah is John the Baptist's dad. You might have heard of John the Baptist. And Zechariah, he was doing what he was doing. He was doing his job. He was in the temple. And it said an angel came to him and said, Your wife Elizabeth is going to be pregnant. Now, John didn't believe the angel because they were getting on a little bit. Uh, Read into it as you will. And the angel said, hey, because you didn't believe, you're not going to speak until the baby's born. And so Elizabeth becomes pregnant. Mary visits Elizabeth. You know, it says John as a baby leapt in the womb. How cool would that be? And so Mary visits, and then John the Baptist is born. Zechariah can speak, he names him John, and then he does this prophecy. And this is what we're going to read today. And this is where we're picking up in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 67. And I think we've got it up on the screen. It says, Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty saviour from the rural line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. 
Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. The covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear. In holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, this is he's talking about John now, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. And because of God's tender mercy, the morning light of heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. There's a lot going on there. No shepherds, no wise men yet. Jesus isn't even born yet. But we hear this message, this prophecy of, of hope, of looking forward to who Jesus will be, his birth. And uh, I just want to have a bit of a look at today. I believe God just wants to encourage us and speak something to us. So let's just pray. God, thank you that you're with us. Emmanuel, you are with us. Thank you for the season. Thank you for our churches. This is your church, Lord. This is your message to us. I pray that this comes alive in us, speaks to us. Do something new in us today. In the name of Jesus, amen. One of my takeaways from this is Jesus was always God's plan. Jesus was always God's plan. It didn't just happen that, bam, God came up with the plan of Jesus in Bethlehem. No, Jesus was always God's plan. If you read from 68, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people, sent us a mighty saviour from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised for his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved. And it talks about the oath to the ancestor Abraham. You know, God's plan was always to come. Emmanuel, God is with us. It wasn't a new plan, it wasn't a detour, it wasn't something God scrambled together at the last minute. God's plan was always Jesus. It was a promise. It was, God's plan was to, to redeem, to restore, to come, to, to deliver from sin and death. And you read the book of Genesis and you already see the plan outworked in the fall in the Garden of Eden. God's plan was always to come and redeem his people. And... So we need to remember that when we read the Old Testament because it's the same God with the same plan to come and redeem, restore and deliver Israel. And whether the, the Israelites are exiting out of Egypt in the, in the tabernacle, the temple, these forms of worship, it was all pointing towards Jesus. It's all revealed in Jesus. I love how it says it saved us from our enemies, rescued us from our enemies. Who's your enemy? English cricket team, the... I've got a few English mates, and they lost in the Soccer World Cup this morning to France. I followed the World Cup just so I can support the team England's versing. And so I texted my friends at 7am this morning and offered them a croissant. <laughs> I was very happy with that one. It even has an emoji. The croissant has an emoji. And um, anyway, who's your enemy? Bob down the road? Cousin Karen? I don't know. Who's your enemy? You know, Israel thought the Messiah would come and save them from their enemy, the Romans. 
At this time, the nation of Israel are under oppression. Uh, they don't have the freedom they want. They're paying taxes. They're restricted in their life. And they wanted a saviour and Messiah to come and really get rid of the Romans. That was their enemies. And that's why they got so grumpy when Jesus didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't do it because Jesus had a greater plan to save us from our real enemy, sin and death. And so you've got to know you don't have an enemy. There's people that you might not get along with or might rub you off the wrong way, but they're not your enemy. The enemy is sin and death, and Jesus has dealt with it. That Jesus, God, came, which was always his plan, to come and redeem, restore, deliver, not just one nation, but all mankind, to bring salvation, to bring restoration, to bring wholeness. I love it. You see it in the birth. You've got shepherds there, the outcasts. You've got the, the, the wise men, the foreign Gentiles. They weren't Israelites, but Jesus came to restore redeem the king from the line of david david is maybe israel's most famous king and you read the genealogies and jesus is from his line from the tribe of judah and and i love thinking about that king what a king jesus is how he was born came into the world i don't know many kings that were chosen to be born to a teenager a poor family have visits from the shepherds and flee as a refugee not many kings would choose to come into the world like that how he lived his life humbly loving serving what a humble king it says in there Zechariah says you remembered your sacred covenant to Abraham In Galatians chapter 3, I think we've got that, Andrew, it talks about this covenant to this, this guy called Abraham. It says, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the Scriptures, Curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. So that's all of us. It represents everyone with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. This is the covenant Zechariah is talking about. He's saying through Jesus, it's not just the Jewish Israels that have this covenant, this blessing with God. It's actually everyone because of Jesus. Because he came to save us all. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So what's this covenant with Abraham? What's that about? Well, we actually read it in Genesis, and we've got that also up on the screen in Genesis chapter 12, uh, verse 1. I think we've got that. Have we got that one? You get it. I'll just read it. And it says, The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's a pretty good blessing. That's a pretty good covenant. That you'll be blessed. Your family will be blessed. And all the nations on the earth will be blessed through you. And then Paul, right in Galatians, says, Hey, this blessing, this covenant isn't just for the Jewish people. That through Jesus, you are all blessed you are all, all your families are blessed and you're all meant to be a blessing to others. You're meant to be a blessing to the families of the earth. And it's through Jesus that Jesus died and rose again. We, we find forgiveness, we find life in Jesus and we find blessing in Jesus. And then we're meant to be the blessing and it's through the promised Holy Spirit. 
So Jesus was always God's plan. Remember, Jesus is God. Jesus is always God's plan. God always planned to, to save, to redeem, to restore. And when we read our Bible, it's the same God with the same plan from beginning to end, to redeem, to restore, to bring life. Reading this, it talks about his son John. To, he will prepare the way. And you, my little son, will be called a prophet of the Most High because you'll prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people to find salvation through forgiveness of sins. You know, John had a purpose to prepare the way. I want to read you from Luke chapter 3, verse 1. There's a few funny names in this one, so I'll give them a good crack. And uh, this is after the birth of Jesus. And Luke tells us of all these historical big figures at the time, political figures and what's happening in the world. It says, It was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipaster was ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was ruler over Arturia and Trachonitis. Lysianus was ruler over Abilene. Annas and Sapphias were the high priests. At this time, a message from God came to John, the son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. We were chatting about this at the staff meeting last week. We find it awesome that it lists all these really important people, and then God speaks to the guy out bush. You got all these big wigs. Some follow God, some don't. Some really don't. <laughs> you got all these big wigs, the positions of power, and then John's out in the wilderness. You know, John was the son of Zechariah, who was a, a priest. And, and usually, if your dad's a priest, you're a priest. That's how it worked in the Bible. And, but John wasn't a priest. And we don't, we don't know why. He might have been kicked out. He was a bit of a wild man. Uh, he might have just left. For whatever reason, he was following his message, his purpose, to prepare the way for Jesus. To prepare the way. And I was thinking about that, preparing the way. And in a way, we, me and you have got the same mission. To prepare the way for Jesus. We're told to be witnesses. We're told to be ambassadors. We're told to love like God loves. We're told to open up our lives to other people. And God saves, but God uses his church, men and women of God, as almost a conduit to bring his presence, his kingdom to earth. And in a way, we've got the same purpose, is to prepare a way. I think this is preparing a way. We don't know where these gifts are going. But they'll go to a kid and they'll be full of love and joy and we're believing that God will do something supernatural. It's preparing a way. When we do carols events, uh, we make them fun because I believe things should be fun and I believe Christmas is fun and following Jesus is fun, but we're believing they'll prepare a way for not just a fun time but just a heart transformation in people as well. Prepare a way. When we're, when we're kind and forgiving, when we probably shouldn't be or it isn't normal to be, we're prepared away. 
You know, we need, we need to be a church that prepares the way for Jesus who are loving and welcome, who believe in the God of miracles, who see the best in each other, who pray for each other, who look out for each other, encourage one another, who seek the face of God, prepared a way for Jesus. I love verse 78 in Zechariah's prophecy. It says, Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. You know, whenever it uses imagery in the Bible, you meant to, or symbols, you meant to think about it and just imagine it. And the morning light from heaven. That's how John described Jesus coming, the morning light from heaven. Your version might say, uh, day spring of heaven. It was a picture of the eastern sunrises, it's a picture of God coming, Jesus coming, the morning light of heaven. You know, the the new sun brings a new day and Jesus brings in a new way, doesn't he? Jesus taught a new way of living. He he taught a new way to meet with God. He taught a new abundant life, a new freedom. The Bible says we've got new mercies every morning. God's the God of new. So what, 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 what has God got that's new for you? What new understanding, what new experience, not what new purpose has God got for you? You know, morning sun brings refreshment. You know, it's been 400 years of silence until Jesus and then God moves and it's, it's hope, it's refreshing, it's they were believing, they were praying. I love when it talks about the morning light because it's guaranteed. Because the guarantee in life, it's like the next day will come, morning will come. It's not going to stay midnight forever. Morning's going to come. And, and Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. He's with you. You know, in the, in the morning light, there's safety. You ever tried doing anything in the dark? It's a nightmare. I remember driving in LA when I first moved to Adelaide and, and I, uh, it was before iPhones, so you don't have a, uh, well it was iPhones, but I didn't have one because I was, I was a poor uni student. So I had a street directory, but it was dark and I was in Adelaide and I had no hope of getting anywhere I needed to go. Couldn't read the street directory, couldn't read my phone, I didn't know where I was going and it was dark. And, but when there's light, in the middle of the night, when the kids wake up, it's confusing, it's chaotic until the light comes on. In light, there's safety. In the cities, there was safety in the day because you could see your attackers, but at night, you couldn't see what was coming. The morning light brings safety. It brings security. We're, we're safe. We're secure in Jesus because Emmanuel, God, is with us. He came to restore the love. We are safe. We are secure in Jesus. The morning light brings life. Jesus promises those who believe in me will have eternal life, but we have a home in heaven that is our security, and we know it, and we believe it. But Jesus says we have uh, heaven on earth. We have abundant life on earth. He came to bring life to our relationships, our work, our future. Jesus, the morning light of heaven. You might feel you're in a bit of darkness right now. But Jesus is with you. Emmanuel, God is with you. The morning light from heaven is with you. You are safe. You are secure. God is doing something new. He is with you. He brings refreshment. The morning light from heaven. 
There's this line at the end of the prophecy and it says, in verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Guide us to the path of peace. I love that. Peace is a bit of a journey. And Jesus is the God. He leads us. He takes us by the hand. You know, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. He gives us the gift of peace and he's the path to peace. You know, all of Jesus' teachings, they're the path to peace. Think about his teachings, love one another. Jeez, that would make things easy, wouldn't it? Right? Forgive one another. Well, that would make things more peaceful, wouldn't it? Um, don't judge one another. Well, that'll be relaxing. Right? Don't worry. Yep. Um, pray. Be generous. Be thankful. Be faithful. Repent. Faith and trust. Have humility. Serve others. Follow Jesus first. It, his teachings are the path to peace. The path to peace. In John 14, verse 23, it says, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will become home and make, sorry, we will come and make home with each of them. So when you follow God's plan and heart, he'll make his home in your heart. This is something similar in Ephesians, Christ makes his home in our hearts. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me and remember my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. See, Jesus is the path to peace because he shows us a new way to live and that way brings peace. But he also promises a gift of peace. And this gift isn't something we do or cultivate or earn. It's, it's, a, it's a transaction from heaven. It's a gift of peace of heart and mind. I love that, of feelings and thoughts, of emotions. And the whole, it just summarizes everything. And it's a gift the world cannot give. Because sometimes we can't find peace for ourselves. Sometimes I'm really good at getting peace for myself. Uh, if I have a nice morning routine, if I can get up at the right time, go to the gym, have my coffee, read before the kids wake up, and it just fills me with peace. Happens about once every four days. Right, and so if I relied on that, I'd have peace, if I'm lucky, twice a week. But Jesus, I'll give you a gift of peace, and it's not from this world, it's from heaven. It's a transaction from heaven. He promises us the gift of peace. Emmanuel, Jesus, the gift of peace. Peace is with you. God is with you. Peace the world cannot give. A gift. Now, some people are better at giving gifts than receiving gifts. It's, good, it's, it's popular to say you're better at giving gifts, but I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm better at receiving gifts. I'm just being honest with you. And uh, I, I think about it too late, often the gifts. I'm left with little options. Um, I don't know what to get people because I know what I like and I'm not very good at thinking about the other stuff. You know? 
And then my poor wife, her birthday is New Year's Eve. So we get Christmas sorted, and then there's that week when no one knows what day it is. And then suddenly it's two days before her birthday. I'm like, oh, no. And then, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at receiving gifts. Because it's actually heaps easier. Because all you've got to do is take it. Be at the right place at the right time. That's all you've got to do. And then, it's, it's, this is what I'd like to do, and you might, you might do as well. Be thankful. It goes down well. He's got to take it, be open, take the gift. You ever been to, you ever trying to give the gift to someone I didn't want to, trying to be a humble, oh no, 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 it's okay, you take it. No, I got it for you, just take it. Right? Just stop being difficult, just take the gift. Right? Right? The gifts, you just, you just got to take it and be thankful. A gift of peace. Just receive it with thankfulness. God doesn't make anything complicated ever. Right? We, we complicate things. And he offers us a gift of peace. The gift of salvation is actually the same. Saying, I've done this for you, I have this for you, just receive it. And the best way for us to do it is just receive it and be thankful. The gift of peace. You know, it really, it really saddens me when this season isn't known for joy and peace in people's lives. But I also completely understand why. Oh, there's stuff on everywhere, there's things happening, and there's 18 Christmas lunches and 24 school events and and all the rest is happening right and you've got to do this and do that and then there's all the other fluff and i understand it but this is a season where emmanuel god is with us of joy and peace and that's what it should be full of and i understand that it's tricky sometimes sometimes it's tricky for all sorts of other reasons as well <laughs> right but he says it's a gift of peace not from this world. So it's a, it's a peace we're not going to find in the family lunch. Right? Thank the Lord for that. It's a gift you're not going to find in your, your fourth school concert. Because you're not going to find it there. Right? It's a gift given from heaven, given from Jesus. Of peace of mind and heart. Emmanuel, God is with us. The morning light from heaven. That was always God's plan to come to earth. It's such a special time of year. We celebrate Emmanuel, God is with us. Peace is with us. Joy is with us. And today I just want to pray for you that, that you just be filled with peace. That you just be filled with peace. That it'll be a, a transaction from heaven and God will just flood your hearts with peace by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peace of mind peace of heart sometimes we need both or sometimes we need one or the other peace peace for harvest peace for the end of the school year peace for your family peace for what next year's hold not that you create not that you manufacture but peace from heaven if we could have a bit of the team back that'd be amazing peace And how do you receive it? 
You just be open. Be open to what God wants to do with thankfulness. Be open. Just be ready. Just ask God, I'm here. Thank you for your love and presence. I need your peace. Just fill my life. Now, kids are so good at getting presents. Maybe that's why I'm good at getting presents, receiving. Because they're just excited. And they just want to take it. And they're just full of joy. And they're along the way. And that's how we should be approaching our Father in heaven. Just excited to be with him. Just ready just to take whatever he's got and be full of joy. So I want to pray for peace for you. Peace. A gift of peace. Maybe just with every eye closed. You might not be fully feeling full of peace right now. And I want you to know that's completely normal. That's why Jesus offers a gift of peace, not from this world. It's because we need it. <laughs> He's the Prince of Peace. He shows us the path to peace. He is peace. And He is with you. He came to us. Emmanuel, God is with us. God came to restore, to redeem, to save us. That is what we are remembering and celebrating. And He is peace, and He is with you, and He is for you. And wherever you go these next few weeks, whatever situations you face, whatever pressures you do or don't face, whatever great times you have, whatever average times you have, and everything in the middle, God is with you, Jesus is with you, peace is with you. And I just want to pray for you. If you just want to be filled with peace, just where you're sitting, I'm just going to ask you to just put out your hands in front of you. Almost as a symbol, like, like you're ready to re- receive a gift as a child at Christmas. Just open and ready. Because that's all he requires. He doesn't ask us to do the 10-step plan to get peace. He doesn't ask us to fill out the right form. <laughs> he just asks us just to receive it. So God, I thank you for every single person here, Lord God. And I pray for your gift of peace in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill them in in your name. Holy Spirit, fill them from head to toe. Holy Spirit, fill them with your peace, your perfect peace, your peace of mind, your peace of heart, God. Your peace not from this world. The peace that knows, God, you are with them, you are for them, you have a path ahead of them. That in whatever situation they face, God, you will be with them. Your peace that brings rest. Your peace that brings joy. Some of you are waiting for the answer. I pray for peace in the name of Jesus. Some of you are waiting for the door to open. I pray for peace in the name of Jesus. Some of you are worried about your kids. I pray for peace in the name of Jesus. God is ahead. God is moving. Jesus was always God's plan. God was always working towards it. God was preparing a way. And it looked messy. It looked like there wasn't a way, but there was a way because God was moving. And in your life, you have to know God is moving. He is present. He is near. He is getting doors ready to open. He is providing people and plans. He's with your loved ones. His Holy Spirit's for them now. And I pray for peace, the gift of peace. In the name of Jesus.
Amen. As we finish, let's just worship God together. We're right. Why don't we stand and we're just going to worship God before we go.